What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Panel, thanks for for doing this. Thanks for saying yes. And uh, what I want to start off with, um, and we'll kind of go down the line. I think, Antonio, I'll start with you. Um, is we're just going to kind of start with story. It's kind of story time. And, uh, and even, not that this will be what you share, Antonio, but even what you shared with me the other day was, was, uh, was mind blowing. But I just want to kind of go down and just share, share, a, share a story and experience or just a, a moment of impact when it comes to the topic of generosity. And as we define generosity, generosity isn't just giving. Generosity is when you go above and beyond the threshold that God has put in, a, in place, which is called tithing. So literally at 11%, that's when generosity begins to kick in, right? So, so Antonio, I'm going to just kind of let you take it away from there. Yeah, so thanks, thanks for asking us to speak. And I um, just want to acknowledge my wife. Because every, uh, you know, every story that, that, you know, that I might share today or any experience that we might kind of convey has, has been um, through a covenant and marriage and partnership. So I guess when we think about generosity, that's one thing to kind of get off, you know, um, right away to understand, right? It's, it's, it should be a um, joint effort between a husband and a wife if you're married. And, you know, um, my life's been radically um, impacted by understanding God's perspective on stewardship and money. And, and Pastor Craig you know, very eloquently, actually, I think, tackles the subject. And we're just going to start today, at least from when I'm speaking, we're going to start today from this point of we understand that tithing is what God's requiring. So the subject matter that I think I, I want to kind of concentrate on a little bit is what's beyond what's required, right? Because beyond that is the measure of the heart. This is about what I want to do for God that I don't have to do, but I desire to do. And I think in certain levels, it kind of discusses like this place of trust, right? I do what's required because it's required. The rest, I'm trusting you with, right? And, um, and I would just say that the Lord loves this relationship and this um, journey of what we can do with trust. Um, you know, a couple things. Um, I was very fortunate at a very young age to um, to experience, I think, a lot of success. Um, tithing, giving, I was fortunate because A, I had revelation, B, I applied it, which is just as important, right? It's not, it's not what you know, it's what you apply, right? And um, that experience um, allowed me, I think at a very young age, to, to see like this really works. You know, I was 27 years old, about, had about seven or eight homes in, uh, in Maryland, was very involved with real estate. And in the midst of all that prosperity, leading praise and worship, being a part of the church, not engrossed in or anything, seeing that sort of um, collapse was super difficult. But what I remembered um, 
in this experience of seeing everything that I felt God was establishing in my life collapsing was that the way out is to, is to sell. You know, um, generosity, the heart of sowing, is a weapon. God gives it to you to advance territory. God gives it to you to resist when the enemy is trying to take territory from you. Money is a weapon, and money speaks. And when you sow in the mist, like in certain situations here, like for Hartford House, some people right now are in a place of abundance. They're like, things are coming in. Revenue's up this year. Things are great. The real estate market's going excellent right? And so like you're giving out of a place of abundance. Other people are giving out of a place of desperation. God honors both. And for the person that's in a place of abundance, when you're sowing, you're planting something into your future that says, increase it, go further, right? You're showing God like you can trust me with more because when I've been given more, I'm still giving. Those who are in a place of lack where the enemy is restricting and let's be clear if you don't have enough to like meet your needs it's not god's fault it's the enemy trying to steal from you he's the thief he's the robber he's the one that's constraining your ability to be all that god wants you to do if you're in that place god gives you a weapon it's called a seed right it's not your tithe it's what you give out of your place of generosity and um and it's just amazing to see uh, in, in our circumstance, like in that season of our, in my life, um, I was sowing out of place of, of need and desperation, but it was my weapon. And um, I just think a thing to, to identify in this season as we're doing Heart for the House, as we're a fellowship here, <clears throat> there's a window right now. And if you're in a place of abundance, you have an opportunity to say, Lord, you can trust me with more because what you've given me I'm giving back. And if you're a place where I don't have enough, you can send a signal to the enemy. You're not going to control me. You don't own my heart because where your treasure and heart is, there's that relationship, treasure and heart. Come on. Right? There's that relationship. And you can say, my heart is invested in God and his hands. And that thing which I've entrusted in his hands, he's faithful and able to keep. So you can say, if you're in that place of lack right now, you can sow into this window of opportunity to say, you don't own me, even when it's tight, even when it's constrained, even when there's not enough. You don't own me. You don't own my mind. You don't own my finances. And, um, okay, I, I want to share. Dude. Some have generosity from a place of abundance, and you said some have generosity from a place of desperation. That's so stinking powerful. Wow. All right, we're going to keep going. Um, Randy, kind of the, the same thing to you. Just I know, you've, I know you've got some thoughts, and this is something that's near dear to your heart. So. Okay, so my, let me just give you a little bit of, of story. So I, I call it 2010 when our storm season kind of rolled in for our family, and uh, things got really hard, and there was some shifts. So in my marriage, I went from being, or my husband went from being the sole provider to myself being the sole provider. And uh, it, was, it was a tough season. My, you know, we had a prognosis. We had a diagnosis, follow that. Um, and so all of a sudden, and, and it was a summer. I'll never forget it because that summer, as we basically found ourselves with, like, no means, and uh, we had lost everything in way of real estate. Also, a lot like Antonio's. We were losing houses. We were lo my, you know, my dad was losing everything he had worked for as somebody who came here from another country. Um, I just was like, oh, my goodness, we're, we're, how are we going to get through this season, Right. And so um, it was really funny because I share this because in this season, I trusted God with some, but not all. 
And so I trusted him with my son, right? I trusted him with my life. Uh, I, I believe, and I, I mean, he was moving mountains. I mean, doctors were shocked at what he was doing, but I was messing a lot up at the same time because I wasn't tr trusting him with everything. I wasn't surrendering with everything. So this season lasted for a while. Um, it, it was a long season that followed with, you know, my mom then falling ill and again, trusted him, fell to my knees, trusted him there, but um, didn't really know a ton about finances and, and definitely not about tithing. And I had always had a relationship with God, but what I didn't have was wise counsel who helped me to really understand tithing. And so, um, you know, that, that was growing for me at that time. And so, long story short, I get to a place where, uh, where <laughs> so I built businesses on scaling and leverage. And this is how I used to tithe. I'd go into my church, and I would get really excited after church because I'd tell the kids we were going to go splurge in the bookstore. So every Sunday, the kids could get anything they wanted in the bookstore. I mean, we got shirts. We got sweatshirts. We got new Bibles. Like, but that, that was how I was, like, in my head. That's how I was tithing, right? Um, because that's where my knowledge level was. And I think that something that God's really put on my heart today is to share, and I think I'm speaking to somebody a little bit different than Antonio, but that tithing is personal. And so for me, where I was when I really came along, a pivotal moment was I was with uh, you guys. We were in the startup phase, and I was at your house, and we watched, uh, here, Carrie, rescue me again, Robert Morris. Okay, so we watched Robert Morris, and he, something he said, and I wrote it down so I didn't forget, was super powerful to me because let me just tell you where I was at this point. My son was in remission, my mom was alive, and I was just filled with gratitude. I was in awe. Like, we had defined odds. We had beat statistics. My family was alive. So I was in a place of, of just unmatched gratitude. And uh, <clears throat> Robert said, tithing should come from the first 10 and not, the, not what's left. And that was like a powerful moment for me because I, for me, um, tithing was a response of gratitude, right? I just wanted to show God how thankful I was and how appreciative I was. And something that I had always talked about to, to people that I mentored in business was not showing up and serving your home and your house with what was left over and showing up and being, you know, serving your family from a place of abundance. And I realized I wasn't doing that. And so uh, I, I began immediately transforming that, which, you know, my industry is very uh, cannibal like, <laughs> and it's also a roller coaster. And so I just started throwing money at God. It wasn't like I had a plan around it. I just, uh, <laughs> I would just throw money, and they probably saw that in my tithing. Like, <laughs> here's two grand, here's 200, 300. I just, I was just throwing it. And what I knew is that massive change was happening in my life and my business. Um, it's not so long ago that I remember the first time that my power was off, and my kids probably hate hearing this story, but it was off, and I was so excited. I was like, it's a power outage. The bill's paid. Like, we, we, the bill's paid. This is just a power outage. And they were like, all right, Mom. But I was just so excited. And what I knew is that one way or another, we made it. And, of course, there was times, there was times that, you know, um, that maybe we got one month behind on a bill or whatnot. And all of a sudden, as business, I just, I just kept throwing money at God, right? I, now I understood. And I know that, you know, the Bible talks about it time and time again, that this is a place you could test him. But like I said, for me, it wasn't a matter of testing him. It was a matter of honoring him, right, and, and, being, and being filled with gratitude. And so uh, I got more strategic about that. And then I started making scary business moves, right? Because I always had leaders behind me in business that I felt like I could really lean into and count on. And I stepped out of that leadership. 
And uh, I even had Pastor Craig come to my office once, and I was, I was getting into new relationships with people that, you know, we all knew that had great deep pockets. And then before I knew it, a year later, I was thinking about leaving those people. And that was scary because now I don't just have my family to provide for. Now I have a business. I have salary burdens, and I'm going to step out. And this January, I stepped out. And uh, my, my staff's actually not here. They actually go to church here, too. But they looked at me at one point. One of my staff members looked at me and said, I want to go with you, but I need you to understand I need a paycheck. <laughs> and uh, she was scared. And I said, don't be. We got this. And, and she did my financials. And she just looked at me like, I don't think we got this. <laughs> I don't think we do. And uh, I lost a lot of money in that move. And I went out. And for the first time, I was alone. But I wasn't. We, we know I wasn't alone, right? Um, and so I, I felt like I was alone. I didn't have any money backing me. I didn't have any big pockets backing me. Uh, you know, I literally was depleting us to nothing. And, and then I just... Um, continued to give, continued to give, and boy, I mean, God has showed up time and time again, and so last week, I have to tell you that, like, you know, I just had a record-breaking year, but again, not, not, still no plan around things, so last week, I sat back there, and uh, Pastor Craig was up here talking, and I sent an email to my executive assistant, and I laid out an exact plan, an exact plan. When a commission check comes in, this is what you do. Because at one point, I even called Pastor Karen. I said, do you tithe off the net or the gross? If you're in business, you feel that pain point, right? Like, I was like, you want me to tithe off the what? And so, uh, so I was like, all right. So, uh, and so I, th- I, I think I said, well, do you want a gross blessing or a net blessing? You, you choose. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, so, so point being, I, I sit back there last week, and I, I type out this plan to my executive assistant. And I take a deep breath because I've changed my whole business model. Like, uh, Antonio, you can relate to this. I, I incorporated client retention. So as a team leader, that's a little scary. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can not only uh, well, I split the money with you, you can have the client. So, uh, so I'm, just, I'm just sitting back a little bit nervous, if I'm being honest, because I think I've entered, again, I think that generosity is a progression right? And so I think that I entered in a place of, you know, honor, but I think I've moved to a place of testing, to be 100% honest with you, because now I'm a little bit nervous. And so I sent the email, and then it started happening. I don't know if you saw my tithes this week, but she started tithing as the checks, and I was just like, Chai, that's my daughter. Chai, there was another one. <laughs> and so I was like, there was another one. And, uh, and so um, anyhow, all of a sudden, on Wednesday, Pastor Craig texts me, and he sends me, uh, I have to have notes, but he sends me Isaiah 32, 8, and it says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. And guys, I, I need God to show up and talk to me clear. I, I'm, I'm a type six. I get lost in the weeds. And so I was like, I hear you. I hear you. He just reaffirmed it so much instantly, right? And I put a plan around that, and I think that now... My, my progression has been that now I, I am entering the generosity. And so I think that my, you know, I, I prayed really a lot last night, especially for my testament. And I think it's for those of you that just, that you don't even know where to begin. And it's, it's scary, you know. Um, it, it's scary, like, I need that $50. <laughs> like, I don't know. And, and that same summer, I collected three extra people. I adopted a child. I didn't ask my husband. I brought two more people home. And so I, I tripled our load. And, <laughs> and I didn't know how we were going to make it, but we did. And so, um, you know, my story is a little bit different than Antonio's because, you know, I always, always had a relationship with God. But, I, I, you know, it's ironic to me as I sit up here and say it. I trusted him with my son but I didn't even know to trust him with my money, which is really his money, right? Just like my son is really his son. So, so that, that's, that's my story. That's so good, Randy. <clears throat> and you had, and I'm, and I'm going to have kind of Steve tell a story here in a second too, but you, you just led into a perfect thought with that, with the planning for generosity. Because any, anybody can have a generous moment, really. 
And, and we should, we should. But I think what God's not trying to get at is for us to have generous moments. He's looking for us to have a generous lifestyle. And so, you know, spontaneous generosity is good for the moment, but it's not sustainable. Like if you want to live in a generous lifestyle where you literally become a conduit that God can trust to move through on a consistent basis, then you got to plan. And, and sometimes, you know, even Randy reaching out, but others, like sometimes you need to ask for help. All right, how do I do that? What does that look like? And it's different for everybody. But that's something, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's not a, an insignificant moment in Scripture where God said this, you know, that generous people plan to do what's generous and that they stand, they stand firm in their generosity, which means when, when all the things that come up that you weren't expecting to come up uh, that are going, trying to disrail your, gener- de- disrail, derail your generosity, no, you stand firm in your generosity, and I think that's a big part of Randy's testimony, is standing firm in that, even when there was reason and excuse, like legitimate things to be like, let's rethink this. Maybe next week, maybe next month, but no, I'm going to stand firm in this and, and be able to see the testimony of God come through. It's so powerful. But Steve, I wanted to, I want to bring it to you and, and just kind of let you, let you lead in with the story. Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> this kind of changed for me like minutes ago. Perfect. But uh, I just I just want to say this, that um, my brother and I were Jewish. You saw Stu up here last time. And, uh, you know, how many of you have ever heard of the rich Jews? Anybody ever heard of that? <laughs> well, we weren't those. We were the poor Jews, <laughs> the ones you don't hear about. Uh, that's a different tribe. That's yeah, a different uh, tribe. <laughs> but and we all often say, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but we had a whole lot of love. Mm. And that was the main thing. And I, I want to say that what we're sharing about really right now is heart. Yes, that's it. You know, and really love. And I want to say one other thing, too, because this was surprising to me. Um, I was the type, being Jewish, like when I went to church, I was always looking, okay, when are they going to pass that bucket? Because I know that's what's going on here. You know, that's how I felt for a long time. I felt like it's all about money. It's all about giving and everything. And so I'm not going to tell you what happened to me to change that, but I will say this, that so I've always been concerned for brand new people, you know, if they're going to come right. and the pastor's going to talk about this. Yep. And I want to say this. God has a sense of humor because I just got this badge. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't baby. do this. It's my first day at the door, and I met people that are here for the first time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I just want you to know that two things. Number one. I've come to know this pastor's heart. I know that he's doing this for us and not to see what trip he can go on or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, I know that, okay? And then the other thing I want you to know is that this badge comes with no salary, (laughs) no percentage of the church or anything, okay? We're volunteers. We get nothing for sharing this. We're doing this because we want to see you blessed. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. So now I'll tell the story, but I just felt like I had to that great. say that. Um, so tithing and offering and everything started uh, for me about 41 years ago when I, I met. In fact, you know what? Nine days from now is going to be our 41st anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this started a long time ago. I've been doing this a long time. That's awesome. And uh, But anyway, so... When I first started tithing, you know, I remember, like, I put five bucks. Well, this wasn't tithing, okay? This wasn't even offering. If you want to know the truth, I thought it was offering. Then I put in ten bucks, you know. Somebody told me, 
man, you're tipping God. And I'm like, all right, then I'll up my tip. I remember when I put in 20 bucks, I was like, woohoo. But then I, I learned about tithing. And it's really all God's anyway. You know, and it all belongs to him. So I said, okay, we're going to tithe. And we had two little babies. And uh, I, I, we were, I, I just got a new job. I was making $1,000 a month. Now, listen, this is like 41 years ago, okay? This was good money. <laughs> and, uh, and, and here's the crazy part. I, I heard about tithing, you know, and our bills were $800 a month. Now, I know what you might be thinking right now. $800 a month bill. Well, our, our, remember our rent was $275 a month for a two-bedroom. <laughs> Who wants to go back in time? Yeah. Just, no. <laughs> But, but the thing was, um, so $800 a month in bills, I get this job for 1000 I thought, I can do this. And Dolores goes, we can do this, you know. So we think, okay, we're going to tie the 100 bucks. We still have 100 left over. It was so exciting. But then I found out that the government is going to take payroll taxes. <laughs> so now instead of 1000 I have 800 and I said, I'm going to give 100. Can anybody do the math right now? We were in the hole. It's not looking good. That's it was good. not good at all. So I called my friend, Danny Gregory, who was a Christian for a while. And I go, Danny, and it's funny you had said this. I go, Danny, do we tithe on the net or, or, the, or, the, or the gross? Dan, do we tithe on the net or the gross? <laughs> Oh, is that my line? No, no, I'm just saying, I, what did I want to hear? And he goes, well, brother, I, I wish he was as smart as you, but he just said, I tithe on the gross. I thought, oh, man. And we did it. So we were in the hole, guaranteed. I cannot tell you what happened. But month after month, after month, it worked. <laughs> and I'm telling you what a blessing that was in my life. So fast forward years, maybe 19 years. Now I believe in tithing. I believe in offering, you know. And, and I'm so excited. And my brother and I had this business, and he shared about this a couple of weeks ago. And that business <laughs> took a dump. <laughs> I don't mean say that really. Strike that if there's a recording. It, it went lower. It paints a good picture, though. So Sorry it's about that. Really. But, I mean, that's what we didn't. Did we talk about what we're going to share or anything? No, right? So our business, that it fell, you know? And I'll tell you, Dolores and I kept tithing, and we kept tithing, and we kept tithing. Now, our pastor in that church, in the time the church was about 700 people, said he never looked at the tithe records. He didn't want to be a respecter of persons or anything like that. And this is when I knew for sure <laughs> he didn't. Because <laughs> we're going broke. <laughs> and then, and so when you're going broke, <laughs> your tithe goes down right. as your income goes down, even if you're tithing. And my pastor came up to me and he said, Steve, I just feel like the Lord's been speaking to me. And I feel like every Sunday, and I don't know for how long, at, there was two services, 300 in each service. He said, I feel like God's saying, you're supposed to take the offering. Just five minutes. 
you know, just do a little talk and you take the offering. Thinking, man, this guy has no clue <laughs> at all. I remember the first Sunday I went in, and I started in Malachi 3.8, and I won't do the whole thing, but it says, will a man rob God, yet you rob me in tithes and offerings? And I read it and everything like that. Then the next week, it was a different five minutes and a different five minutes. This went on for three months, and we were getting more and more broke. <laughs> and it was horrible. But I will tell you this. What I learned is you cannot tell me that tithing is not in the New Testament. I've heard that garbage. It's not true. I did a little five minutes on it. <laughs> I had to study it, okay? So you can't tell me that, you know? So it's three months later. I said, that's it. I feel like a hypocrite. I'm not doing this anymore, Dolores. This is it. I'm telling pastor today, I'm not going up there. I'm not going to share this because we're going broke. And Dolores like, well, you know. <laughs> and then, then I had two teenage daughters at the time. And they made us late for church. So Shocker. I, so, <laughs> so, so here's the crazy part. The way we would do it is I would show up at the end of first service and do my little five minutes. Then we'd stay for the next service. And then I would do the five minutes, right? Well, I'm late. I get there just in time for the first service to walk up on the stage and do my five minutes. I had nothing prepared I was going to tell pastor no, but see, God gave me no choice. So I went up there. I'm mad at God, right? I get, I'm sorry if you don't want to hear the that. Best, that's, that's the, the best preaching is when you're mad. Okay. I'm, just... I'm so mad. I don't even know what I'm going to say. So I go right back to where I started and I read, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me in tithes and offerings. And all of a sudden God showed up by his Holy Spirit. And I said, Dolores, Dolores. I know why tithing isn't working. Can you imagine 300 people there? My pastor's on the front row. Yes. You should. And I go, Dolores, the reason tithing isn't working for us anymore is because look what the Bible says. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me in tithes and offerings. I was like, woo! It was crazy. I, I, I was nuts, right? I go, Dolores, Dolores, you got it. Before I could say anything, okay, she, well, like this. Really, she's, she didn't go like this, but she goes, she already had a check made out. Now, let me tell you how bad things were that day in the pulpit for us. We were down to the point where we depleted all our kids' college money, borrowed to pay the mortgage from the kids. We, were, we sold our headboard on our bed. We sold our, our nightstands so we could eat. And I'm up there talking about tithes and offerings. But when I told Dolores, I said, hey, we need to. She already had the check made out. It was the amount I had in my mind. It was $100. And look, we only got $300 for our bedroom stuff. So that was, and I don't think we had any money left in the bank. A man, that's, I walk off the stage and pastor says, that was really good, Steve. Um, you know, I, you don't, I think you're done. I don't think you need to do this anymore. Literally, that's what he said. The next week, the pastor came up to me and said, Steve, that was the biggest offering last week in the history of this church. 
That's not the exciting part. This is the exciting part. He said people are getting raises at work. People are getting new jobs in a week. It was crazy. I mean, it was wild. It was so awesome. And in our life, two years later, that house was paid off. Our cars were paid off. We put our daughter to college. I mean, everything turned around. I can't tell you exactly what happened, but I know it happened. I know it. So this morning, I get waking up at like 3 in the morning by God, and this is what I believe God told me. Now, I'm not saying I heard the audible voice and he turned my hair white, although it's white. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but I am telling you, he said, you had to start somewhere in your giving years ago, and then you shrunk back. See, we were already doing tithes and offerings, but we shrunk back, and for us, you know, we had shrunk back, and he said, everybody starts. This is what he told me. I'll bet everybody in this room started in your mother's womb. Everybody has to start somewhere you have to start right so for me i started it was a little bit of an offering you know then it got into the tithing then it was the tithing and offering and here's what i believe god told me if people in this room will start today wherever you're at wherever you're at right now if they'll start to give god's gonna come through and let me give you just an example where i couldn't you couldn't plan this we're in the middle of a fast right now right do you know that everyone in this room, you could uh, fast just your lunch today. If you don't have any money, <laughs> whatever you're going to go out to eat and spend, you could fast that. You'll be part of the church fast. <laughs> <laughs> and you could take that money that you know you're going to spend, throw it in the bucket. And we don't pass them because of COVID, but I think it's back there somewhere, right? <laughs> so, so, so the thing is this, though. Now, let's say... You have kids and everything like that. I'm not saying fast their lunch, you know, but you could do yours. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's a seed. You touched on seed. That's a seed right there. So everybody in here can start. If you're already doing offerings, you should start tithing. If you're already tithing, you should start tithing and offering. It's the only place I know of in the Bible where God says, test me in this. And see if I'll not pour out such a blessing that you can't even handle it. And by the way, the best time to start is today. If you've got $1 to your name right now, I'd throw that dollar in the offering. I really would. What have you got to lose? And see what God does. So, so my wife told me yesterday, she, now I'm, I knew I was going to share something this morning. I didn't know God was going to wake me up and tell me this, okay? But what happened was, Yesterday in our time of prayer, because we pray together every morning, we read the Bible together every morning, she'll read a few verses, I read a few verses, she reads, so we don't fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a good practice. And, and then yesterday morning, Dolores said, hey, you know what? Heart for the house is coming up. And I, wanna, I think we should give this amount of money. And I was like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys remember that show, but... There was a show where a kid used to say that because it was, you know, I'm like, really? (laughs) So then I go, well, we have a week. Let's pray about it. So here I am telling you all that. I'm just trying. You want it real? You want it real? Okay. God is a giver. God loves us so much. He gave his only son, right? He doesn't need our money. But here's the thing. He's looking at our heart, right? 
Well, I didn't even realize my heart could become complacent when I heard that amount. So then I told her, well, about a week to pray about it. We're fasting. I'm sure God will speak to both of us. <laughs> this morning before she got up, three in the morning, God wakes me up, and he told me to increase what you said, and I asked you <laughs> after, <laughs> by 30%. So we're going to do it. <laughs> so one last thing really quick, because it's, it's important. It really is. Look. God, what God wants from us is he wants us to give to our, his people because he loves them. But he also, if you don't know Jesus, he wants you to give your life over to him. It's more important than anything you could possibly give him. If you've fallen away from the Lord and he wants you to give your life back to him. And I'm hoping there'll be an opportunity for that today. Absolutely. Okay. I'm probably going to have you do it. <laughs> That'll be. There's an anointing on it. But see, that's amazing. That's so good. No, but so let me, I want to read this, and this is where we're going to wrap it up. Um, I think this is an important scripture, especially in the context of giving and generosity, and even Antonio to how you started off talking about that seed. Um, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, this is such a, a powerful analogy. So much through scripture, they, they always use these agricultural references, you know, it's like maybe that maybe that doesn't translate, but what it represents absolutely translates for all of us. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I think that's what turns off most people. We're like, all right, uh, it was a good offering, but we're going to do it again. You know, it wasn't good enough. It's, that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Because there, let me say, there is no need in the kingdom of God. I think that's countercultural to what gets said a whole lot. There is no need in the kingdom of God. Why? Because it's God's kingdom. Does God have need? Does he need your money? Does he need what we have to give? No, but he wants our hearts, just like you were saying. He wants our relationship says, and God will generously provide all you need. Why? Because he's already got it. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to keep for yourself. No, wait, it doesn't say that. It says over to share with others. That's what the plenty is for. In our, in our culture, we've gotten way too comfortable with making the plenty being about what we have for ourselves. And as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a harvest, a great harvest of generosity in you. I love that. So, um, Antonio, I want to kind of throw it back over in y'all's direction. Um, we got about five minutes where I want to wrap this up. Um, but just kind of speak to, like, even whether it's in your personal life, and same thing for you, Randy, whether it's in your personal life, or whether it's even in your, in your professional life, how powerful to you guys is that principle of sowing a seed? Yeah. <clears throat> There's somewhere, I think it's in Ecclesiastics, and I don't, know, I don't have my phone up here, but it talked about, um, Pastor Craig, you might even know it, but it talked about how the principle of seed time and harvest is this enduring principle never to cease on the earth. It just exists for eternity. The Lord told you and told us 
demonstrated to us how important seed time and harvest is because he sowed his son to reap children. Mm. Anything that we're wanting in life, God gave us this ability to say, there's this divine exchange of if you can put into the ground in the soul of faith the thing that you're desiring, God promises a harvest will come from it. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always like, <laughs> the people who are new here today are like, oh, man, they're concentrating on money so much. Yes, we are. Because God understands the empowerment that comes through trust. You're not really giving God your money. You're giving him your life. How do you know that? Because you exchange your life for money. The currency, right, the currency of life is time. You give your time in exchange for money. You put 40 hours a week in, 160 a month for what? For money. You're exchanging it. So when you're giving God your seed, you're giving God your life, your substance, your time. We're, uh, um, we've just learned that there are times when we're sowing because we're in a plan. Because we say, like, in our life, we're going to tithe and we're going to give a portion of our income as giving. There are other times when God stirs the waters, mm-hmm. like at the pool of Bethesda. And there's something unique there. It's a window. God says, I'm going to do something unique and special here because I'm stirring the waters. I'm creating life and putting divine energy in this moment in time. And I'm going to enhance, right, like fertilizer. You can put a seed in the ground, it'll grow. What happens when you put miracle grow into the soil? Something is enhanced. And this heart for the house, for this church, for this body, visitors, or not, you know, people who are just a part of the team here, This is the Lord stirring the waters for a moment in time to take a sacrificial seed, something the Bible talks about, a crying seed. What is that? I'm not going to give what's normal. I'm going to give what hurts a little bit. It's our time, our opportunity to put a seed into the waters that have been stirred, the soil that's been blessed with miracle grow, so God can do something special. And I promise you this, right? This man, this woman is not interested in your money. God is actually not interested in your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He's interested in your heart. He's interested in you making an investment into him to say, I love you even with my life, my time, my substance, the very thing that could feed my children, I'm putting in your hand because I trust you with it. And he did that very thing from us. He had a son called Jesus, the Christ, and he said, I'm going, to sow, I'm going to sow him to the soil of the crucifixion. I'm going to reap a harvest of children, a harvest of freedom and liberty. So I would just say, like, <clears throat> um, if you honor the moment, God will honor you. Wow. That's so good. Now, Randy, for you, I'm, you get to close it out. But um, if, if you were, like somebody else was up here and you were out in that seat years ago or whatever, like what? Kind of as a final thought, like, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? Oh, that's good. Um, Well, first and foremost, that money is a mirror for your heart to God, right? It's a mirror. And, um, you know, I also would like to know that, you know, it's not, so it starts out as the basics, 
and then it grows, and it grows into a systematic generosity. And, and just know that the heart condition doesn't change. We're all human. We're all going to fall short. The truth is, as generous as we are, we sit up here and we're confessing that it still hurts. It's still painful. I just on Friday experienced the pain. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's important to also remember that it's not necessarily more money that you're looking for. I think you need to open your eyes to the blessings around. I'm up here today, and it's a little bit uncomfortable because I was I, I went to a meeting with these guys, and I talked to them, and I was like, gosh, they're, they're kind of in a different place in their walk than I'm in. You know, they have a little more experience in this. And so I prayed, and I was like, God, okay, you got to help me to understand why, why you want me up there. I knew he wanted me up here, so I'm up here, right? And it's funny because as I look out, I see certain people here, and I see him giving yet again, right? But it's not it's not in the money, right? I don't, I don't, I know it will come in. I know the money will come in and we'll make the bills. And, and I wish my staff was here because they, they needed to hear this. But so I know that we'll make it, but just know that when you give, he's returning in so much more and so much more. So I would just encourage you that if you have that moment that you give and, and, and kind of like Steve talk, spoke about, you're, you're, it's just not working and you're not making it. Don't get focused on the financials. Look around. Open your eyes. Look at the blessings you do have. Because like I said, for me, tithing was an act of generosity. It was, it, I wanted to honor him. I was just so, th we had nothing. We lost every house. We, we lost everything we had. I mean, Material-wise, we didn't have it. We weren't making it. But I felt like I had the world. So I would just give and give and just know that you're doing a bigger work than than the financials you're saving you're you're sowing into lives you're sowing into lives and I just again being real and raw and honest of course when I look at my children I feel something different than when I look at your children but knowing that I can sow into something that would maybe open a door in your life that you can then bring your children closer to God that in itself is just like mind-blowing that I get to be a vessel a broken vessel to do those works. And so I would just encourage you to just get excited about being that broken vessel and give without an expectation of even seeing a financial return, but just getting to do his work. That's so good. That is so good, Randy. That's a good job. <laughs> so let's, we're going to do two things. One, Steve, I'm going to have you pray over everybody in the context of what we've been talking about today. Uh, and then after that, we're going to um, give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. So would you, would you pray for us? Thank you. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. No, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this day that you have made, Lord. Lord, I believe every single person that's hearing this today and any that may hear it in the future in a recording, Lord, I pray, Lord, you would prick our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Father, that we would all start this now, Lord. And Father, your word says to test you in this area and see if you'll pour not pour out a blessing so much that we can't even contain it, Lord. And Lord, I know that blessing is more than just money, Father. I know it, Lord, but money's part of it, God. And so, Lord, I pray for today's seed that's sown, for everybody that sows today, Lord. I pray that we would see abundance in many different ways, even this week, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com.
and simply click the give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.